Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today we're stepping back from conversations about the ethics of characters and diving a little more into something a bit more meta. Uh, as I record this, we're about 24 hours away from the Marvel Netflix shows going on to Disney+. Plus, and it has brought up a whole bunch of conversations about parental controls and what sort of things are or are not family appropriate. And should family appropriate even be a thing that we're talking about in terms of media both on the creation side and on the who-gets-to-see-it side. These are topics that Paul and I have one or two thoughts about, so we're going to dive into all that more right after this commercial break. We have no control over. As if there were other sorts of topics. I mean, also true. Also, the ads are not going to be family-friendly because all of capitalism is not family-friendly, but, you know, Hilarious. go on with bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, the first ad will be like an ad for condoms. Yeah. Which, I mean, although it's I, not family-friendly to... if you mean a family <laughs> as in procreating, but, you know. Welcome back. This is Matthew, your host. I'm joined, as often, by um, podcast guest extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Paul Hoppy. Paul, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing well. Yeah. Moderately well. Okay. Moderately well is good. It's good. I'll take it. And so let's just dive right into this topic. It's one that I know you and I have a lot of thoughts on that we've been talking about in some form or another back and forth for a while. And I've always been kind of wanting to get into it, but it just seems like it's come really to the forefront in the last couple of weeks. Ever since Marvel made the announcement, a lot of people were very upset and said that, um, you know, these things aren't family friendly. And that started a lot of conversation about what does family friendly even mean, plus the fact that there are parental controls. And conversations about, you know, who should or shouldn't be deciding what pa what kids can watch in terms of the parents themselves or the kids or some, you know, corporate media company, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot here to unpack and to dive into. But, Paul, let me just kind of get your overall thoughts. Like when when this was announced that these shows were going on at Disney and a lot of people had some concerns about it, what was kind of your reaction? I mean, firstly, I was... I was broken up that they were leaving Netflix. Like Netflix yeah. is definitely like sort of my one true streaming service. So uh -huh. these series leaving Netflix was like mildly traumatic. Uh, I had to power through the Defenders because I, I hadn't watched it a second time or I hadn't watched it recently. So, you know, uh -huh. um, the fact that they were going to end up on Disney Plus, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, as long as they don't end up on Hulu that I don't really have convenient access to. But, um, you know... I kind of don't care on some level, you know, in terms yeah. of what is available where as long as it's available somewhere that I can see it. You know, I mean, yeah. I think Daredevil is one of the best shows ever made. I think yeah. the best of it, I think, is the best or my favorite um, superhero, live action superhero or comic book media of, of any kind. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's, um, some animated things that for me are on the same level, but, um, you know, I just think it's a fantastic show. And I think the idea that like, like there are parts of it that are gory in a way that I don't enjoy watching. Right. I'm like, yeah. mm, I'd rather not have that in the show. Certain graphical elements are just certain things. Yeah. But like, I think the idea that any given people like shouldn't watch something for really kind of any reason i just i just don't buy it i never have you know yeah i mean i don't know my dad took me to see the twilight zone movie when i was five and that was probably a bad idea right but i don't think it was <laughs> yeah. like wrong it was just like yeah that's, that's probably not a great idea i think that's kind of a great starting off point because i mean first of all just like we could do a whole other thing on all the corporate shenanigans about how 
you know, streaming was supposed to be this much better thing than cable. And now as more and more little streaming services are saying, no, no, we want our stuff back. Like it's just, it's just becoming cable all over again. It's terrible. And like Netflix was my go-to for a while. Everything I love is leaving Netflix to one direction or another. So I don't know where that's going to happen. But even putting that aside, I think there's so many levels to which I, I have kind of concerns about this as well. And I think what you kind of brought up is maybe a good starting point of one of the things that has always struck me when anytime someone tries to defend family friendly is the next question always has to come up with, okay, who's family and whose definition of family? Yeah. Um, like, first of all, we can just get into the, the topic of like, you know, um, two guys and a dog, like that, that can be a family, you know, sure. like four roommates who all like love each other platonically and aren't dating, but like that, that can be a kind of family. Like found family is a thing. Not even if it's only like you're talking about romantic family, families don't have to have kids, but if family friendly is, you know, it basically just means kid friendly. Even then the definitions of what is, what that term means and what doesn't, I think are a really good starting point here. Uh, You talk about your dad taking you to twilight zone. My mother had, very interesting ideas about like what kids should or shouldn't see in that she had no problem with me seeing anything that had nudity. She had no problem with me seeing anything that had, um, you know, sexuality or romance. She didn't want me seeing things that were like very much about like exploiting, you know, like naked women's bodies and stuff like that, which in 1980s media was a lot. But even then, like she didn't think that six year old me seeing like, a woman without a shirt on or a bra on was going to be a bad thing. Instead, she had a very firm idea of like, she never wanted me to see violence mm. of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause that's where she was coming from. And, and, and I remember being like nine and 10 and, and hearing like that friends were like concerned about, you know, like other parents were concerned about having their kids come over to hang out with me because my mother was apparently exposing them to all of this terrible stuff, you know, whereas at the same time, my mother was concerned because those are the parents who would take me to go see Lethal Weapon and stuff like right, that. Right. And that was kind of my first introduction to the idea. And I think, you know, probably both sets of parents would be a little extreme, my mother included. But when you think about what family-friendly means today, it means, like, no sexuality. Or if there's sexuality, it's very tame. Certainly it's only heterosexual. And no nudity. And you can show violence, but you can't show the consequences of violence, mm. you know, yeah. like, like Captain America movies are very violent, but they're not gory in the way that Daredevil is right. or that Logan is. And it's, it's funny because to me, that's where I, I kind of want to start the conversation is that because both the violence and the sexuality part, but just on the violence side, I find it really troubling that we're okay showing kids violence as long as we show it to them in this very sanitized you're not going to actually see the bloodiness and the messiness. It's going to look like Cap can just throw his shield at all these people and they'll just fall down into neat little piles of bodies without any blood or guts or, you know, human bones scattered across the room. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it seems backwards to me, right? Yeah. And maybe, like, the principal idea is to avoid traumatizing someone by showing them the consequence of violence. But, you know, I think it's, it's pretty questionable... Like to to spend a lot of time showing people violence that has no consequence, right? right? And 
you know, that's not to say that I don't think you should be allowed to do it, that I don't think kids should ever see something that doesn't have consequence. But I think if you're going to say you can have one or the other, I'd be like, well, give me the violence with consequence so that if, if we're, you know, if, if media is teaching people lessons, you know, which, which I don't think it necessarily has to do, but it inadvertently does a lot of time. And sometimes it does deliberately. If, you know, what are those lessons are the lessons that, you know, beating people up as long as they're the right people is good, but like, we don't have to worry about the consequences at all. Or, you know, a show like Daredevil, like he's constantly thinking about what the consequences of that violence is. And, or, you know, sometimes they're still comic book, cartoonishly, like non-lethal, even thing that's like, "Mm, that that could definitely kill someone, (laughs) right? But like, when when there is lethal violence, it, it looks lethal in a way that, it it doesn't in in you know the Captain America yeah. movies usually. So one of my like I agree that Daredevil I think is 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 top tier live action superhero for me. Um, one of the few things that for me is up there as well is Logan. Mm. And one of the reasons I love Logan so much is Logan was the first time where I'd seen you know kind of like violence that like righteous violence where like you watching the hero do everything they can to avoid the fight mm-hmm. and the people who they're fighting with like. In my actual like intellectual consideration of it, I don't want anyone to deserve violence. But if someone's gonna have to get violence, like the people, the bad guys in Logan are pretty up there. And so he's doing the violence for like the best of possible reasons, and it's hard to watch. Right, it's gruesome, you know. And like there are scenes about like the kids in that movie who, like when they start to use violence, it's it's hard to be like, oh, look how badass that kid is. It's kind of heartbreaking, you know, because you see the brutality of it and all this. And it is badass at the same time. And I, and I loved that because you're right. It, it's often it feels like when we, when we show gore, it's for this very intentional reason. The other thing that was coming to mind as you were talking is um, a movie that I think is very <laughs> – is 95% a very good movie with the exception of some not greatness in the first couple of minutes and the worst two minutes at the end of a movie I've ever seen, (laughs) Saving Private Ryan. Like, I remember being shocked in the first, like, 20 minutes of that movie because up till then, I had seen two kind of war movies. I had seen war movies where it was clear that we were the good guys. Mostly wars about uh, World War II, but sometimes World War I or the Civil War, stuff like that. And in those movies, the violence was always quite clean. It was always, you know, maybe there was a little bit of blood on someone's shirt, but, like, it was, you know, it was it, heroic. It was, like, kind of sanitized. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of, like, very much like you get in, like, a PG-13 action movie. Right. Vietnam movies mm. were, were gory and dark and limbs and all this stuff that was hard to watch. Here was Saving Private Ryan, where we saw Americans, like, fighting Nazis um, if, if you want to talk about like a justified use of violence in terms of governmental political warfare things, killing Nazis is pretty high up on that list of like, I don't like war ever, but like, okay, I'm going to have trouble questioning that one. And it was brutal and it was horrible. And you saw people getting their limbs shot off yeah. and people's intestines falling out of their bodies and having this like. Watching something where I wasn't supposed to be questioning the morality of the violence as much as I would necessarily in actually a bad way to say it. Let me restart it because the whole point something where I was supposed to go in feeling like the, the, the heroes were justified in the use of violence, unlike in Vietnam, 
And yet it was still was hard to watch and horrible and ugly. That really shook me. And I thought that was a brilliant thing of movie making. And yeah, this is kind of we're a little off. No, not even off topic no, here. It's all kind of connected. But because yeah, it all, it, it all goes to me why I feel like I, I think you said it so well. The idea that it's okay to show kids violence, but only if it's sanitized, feels really problematic to me. Absolutely. I totally agree. You know, and I think that's a really interesting point you make about, you know, World War II movies are like rah-rah America movies with this sanitized violence. And then, right. you know, oh, America shouldn't be fighting this war movies with then very brutal and um, vividly depicted violence, right? And then actually taking both of those and kind of putting them together and being like, right. well, here's a war that, you know, seems pretty justified. I would say that I... Th- think I, I've recently had like a somebody somewhere was saying something about calling them Nazi soldiers, which like everybody has kind of always and is kind of a general term. But like yeah, they're German soldiers like, who were part of you know, Germany was Nazi yeah. Germany at the time. But anyway, that's a whole that's a whole thing. Yeah. That great line from Captain America, the first nation the Nazis invaded was was Germany. Yes, yeah. ex- exactly, exactly. That that Hitler invaded. And and so, you know, it's you know, those are people too, right? I mean, they are fighting in service of an like unspeakable evil, right? But they're still humans. And when they get blown up, they still look like humans getting blown up, right? And when the, the, you know, people storming the beach get blown up or shot or whatever, like they still get wounded and and die the same way that humans die. And, and kind of seeing that on both sides, I think is, is powerful. That's, I think where a lot of the the power of that movie comes from. Right. Definitely not from the first and last few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and to be clear, and I think you kind of mentioned this before, but I just want to reiterate it. It's not that I'm saying, therefore like sit your three-year-old down to watch like people's limbs getting blown off. It's that I think that, like, you know, again, and we'll get more into this, I think, like, all the decisions should at the end be being made by the parents and and other people like that, not the TV companies. But that if you want to have, you know, if if, if you want to put together a board of, like, medical professionals who can say that, yeah, like, at around this age, at around this age, if you show this kind of content to kids, they're probably going to have really bad nightmares for a long time. Like... I'm happy to listen to expert medical opinion and know that like decisions are being made on that kind of a basis. And we'll get to more of that. Like how, how often decisions are not coming from that. Mm-hmm. It's coming from like some made up Christian morality nonsense. Um, but particular kind of Christian, sure. obviously I mean, but in that case to me, if, if the question is therefore like, okay, but so how do we show like, it then feels like if the idea is like, okay, but we have to show violence to kids, right? So let's find a sanitized way to do it. Why? Right, <laughs> like, right, why right. is that, you know? Yeah. And, like, it's not that I'm saying that, like, all media should have, like, I love the movie Desperado. The Desperado, like, Desperado kind of almost goes beyond the two, like, realistic violence versus sanitized violence. It's comedic violence. Right. It's, you know? it's, it's comedic, but also brutal. Right. But, like, I yeah. Mean, even it's brutal, but it's, there's not much. I mean, well, there, there's blood, but there isn't like to me. It's nothing like the Daredevil kind of stuff. You know, it's kind of like a little bit more than, um, you know, PG thirteen. But I, I think isn't that I, movie rated PG thirteen? Desperado. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm quite certain it's at rated R, and that it would have been rated NC seventeen or whatever if they didn't if they filmed the last scene, and that Robert Rodriguez basically yeah. cut the last scene because. 
um, because yeah, he was going to have to take so much out of it. And that crotch gun that's like pictured was originally used like in the original version. I don't know whether they shot it or not, but they were right. like, oh, you can't have someone firing like a crotch gun and like still <laughs> well, get an R rating, I think. But that to me is a perfect example of it. It's like, it's not the amount of blood and guts that we're concerned about. It's that it's a crotch. You're showing a, uh, like an idea of a gun as a penis and that that somehow is the thing that like we can't have. Right, right. And and I mean, you know, sure, there's, there's I'm sure, some issues about like sexualizing violence in that way. But like it's, you know, it, it's like there's tons of people, dozens of people getting blown away <laughs> constantly right. in the movie. And it's like, oh, but if you put a gun, you know, in front of someone's penis, it's like now that's a problem. And it's like, okay. Yeah. That's that's where your line is, you know. I mean, it's like in PG thirteen. There's certain words you can say seven times, and there's certain words you could say once. But if you say it a second time, then all of a sudden it's R, and it's like, yeah, what? I mean, and that's like that's true for this this podcast, mm-hmm. even you know, uh, if there's certain words that if you or I say, and I don't then go back and bleep out, I have to put an explicit tag right. on it, and then we now get pushed to near the bottom of a lot of searches, right. you know, for various things, which is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't want this to be two of us being like, Oh my God, family friendly is stupid, but you know, that's kind of where we're going with it. Um, but yeah, okay. So, so I, I kind of said a bit like, you know, where I would come from. So for you, what would be a way to kind of, if, if there's some acceptance of the idea that like some level of blood gore is not necessarily the healthiest for kids of a very young age to watch. What's a way to convey, like, do we just get rid of all the kind of family friendly and it's just about parental, you know, parental decision-making? Like, what do you think would be? I think transparency and just sort of being Mm -hmm. clear, like these are elements that exist in whatever it is. And I mean, I think a rating system is absurd. I think um, any kind of legal restrictions, I even think parental restrictions are also fairly absurd. Like, you know, you were saying that you think, I don't know whether you're saying you think the parents should decide or if anyone should decide, the parents should decide. I'm kind of more in the latter. I, I think at a certain age, kids should just watch whatever they want. And like, right. you know, I don't have any kids. I was a kid, you know, I didn't actually really have yeah. any restrictions on what I was watching. But, you know, I, I, I feel like that was healthy, you know, and I think sometimes yeah. seeing things that are a little bit traumatic, like, I think that can be that can help someone grow. If you see a little bit, right. I'm not talking about being subjected to like, you have to watch this. You have to watch this. You have to watch this. But like, if you see something right. and it's upsetting and then there's a conversation between, you know, whether there's an adult figure or whatever, like, and, and the child, then, you know, maybe it's like, okay, did you like watching that? Do you not like, okay, well, let's not watch stuff like yeah. that, you know? And so I think it's tricky because it's like, for me, like, I don't want a list of spoilers, you know? It's like yeah. when a TV show comes on and it says this, 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 and this, I'm like, oh, you know. And I'm like, well, I guess this is going to have a scene like this in it or whatever. Right. But if there's a way of instead of that being like right in your face but easily accessible, should you choose to look for things? Right. You know, I mean, you could easily have filtering systems where it's like any piece of content that goes up is like, yeah, it's got this, 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 and this, and whatever. And then right. you can just have your own filters, right? And be like, I don't yeah. want to see anything like that, you know? Because that doesn't just apply to kids. That applies to, you know, I mean, Absolutely. I, I believe there is a website called Does the Dog Die? Oh, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And it, like, they do this filtering of their own. Right. But yeah, you can sort of see, like, you know, 
if there's something that's going to be upsetting to you. Mm-hmm. And some of it is like, you know, animal death, which I know matters for you, sure, you know, yeah. for, um, you know, I, I think for many people like who have experienced particular kinds of violence, you know, seeing that, you know, different kind of ways they've been attacked um, can be can be particularly hard to watch. Or like, you know, for some people, they may be like, look, I deal with racism every day of my life. Yeah. I don't want to watch racism on TV. Yeah. I don't want to watch homophobia on TV. And, and yeah, so I, I feel like those kind of, but you're right. Also, like if I go to D, if I just turn on, um, Disney plus and I load up the screen for something and it says warning, animal death, warning, you know, this kind of assault war, like, I'm like, oh, okay, well now the how plot's been spoiled. Right, <laughs> right. Know? So if there's a way of accessing that information voluntarily, but not having it in your face, if, if it's not right. what you're interested in, if you're like, I'll watch anything. Right. And let, let's put a pin in the parental control part of it. Actually, no, I, I started the whole conversation. Let's, let's go there. So let's go a little further on this also and then circle back to the sexuality part of it. I, I think I'm not quite as radical as you. You're not even radical. I think I'm not quite as far as you are on the kid independence thing, but I'm close. Okay. In that, like, I certainly feel like once you get to, like, 14 or so, 13, yeah, I – the kid's going to watch it on the internet anyway. You're not going to stop. Right. Like, um, and I think there are other conversations we could have about – you know, the way like, you know, the way porn, you know, presents sexuality or the way other things are presented online that like there should be more discussions about. Yeah, I'm all for that. I think the TV show Euphoria does a really raises some great mm. ideas about that. But yeah, I, I feel like thing it's such an individualistic thing. You know, every family is gonna be different. Every family's gonna have different values of what is and isn't okay. And I think I agree with you, especially on the idea of ratings particularly because it's trying to say like one group of people which tends to be the people who care most about it which tends to be the people who are more conservative you know more like fundamentalist christian or just like you know social values conservative nonsense whatever it is that they're the ones for whom you know like you know that like i don't think this is explicitly written out anymore anywhere anymore but it certainly still happens we just read stories about it happening still at pixar and disney you know that a man a boy and a girl kissing is fine, but like two boys kissing is mm. not family friendly, right, you know, right. or two girls kissing or like someone being trans or any of this kind of stuff. Yeah. The idea that there's some objective standard, which we all know isn't an objective standard. It's some group of people came together and decided this is going to be the standard and then enforced it on everybody as opposed to everybody can make their own standards. Right. I mean, right. I have standards for things that I don't want to watch. You know, there's shows that I see yeah. what's the premise. I'm like, Oh, that looks like it could be a great show, but that's not for me. That's definitely going to be unpleasant for me to watch the whole series, you know? And then sometimes I put right. through my, myself through a whole series. I'm like, Oh, how did I, how did I watch 20 episodes of this already? But, right. you know, but that's and that's I, a choice. That's an individual's choice. And I imagine the same kind of way. Like, you know, if you were a parent, I, I'm guessing you're not going to be like trying to like instill your values in some like super firm way. But you might have like, okay, yeah, like maybe TV shows about meat eating or something like that is not what you're going to be super excited about your kids watching. Or you want to be a little more careful. For me, it might be that, you know, something else. Like, would you agree that like having... Having the parents be having some kind of val, yeah, I have to kind of say this. Would you agree at least that like you know parents being able to have some ability of with younger kids, not stopping them from watching things, but just having some you know awareness of like, hey, here are the things that like I'm not necessarily wild about my kid watching, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah, like I get to have some input into what the controls are. You know, I need to, I get I get notified if my kid watches this, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, so first even of the all, notified thing, I say that yeah. and I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. I, don't like that idea. I don't know. Um, 
first of all, it, it was a little bit hurtful when you said I'm not even radical. But no, I, I know what you meant. <laughs> it was taken in the spirit yeah. it was intended. Um, I, I do think that like, look. Like a two-year-old isn't even probably supposed to be physically operating a remote control, right? Like there's there's right. a spectrum of ages and, you know, humans go from being little poop machines basically to being, you know, um, corpses eventually. But like... We end up as poop machines. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, it's a journey, right? And not everyone's yeah. journey is going to happen on the same time frame and not everybody's going to end up exactly... The same way, except for the the whole, you know, being a corpse part. But, you know, I think, yeah, like when a kid's like really super little, it, it's just like there's just not a lot of agency in anything. Right. And I, I think right. it's obviously going to be a somewhat gradual process. And that's, you know, I don't think parents should have the same kind of rights about what they can make their children do. I mean, I, I think you know, our, the society that we live in is just completely messed up. Right. But like, right. aside from that, like, yeah, I, I think a really tiny kid, like, you know, also like they're probably only going to be watching things with the parent. And so like, I think it's totally valid to be like, all right, I'm not telling you, you can't watch that, but I'm not watching it. And so, right. you know, and like, or like, if, you know, it's like, oh, you're always going to be screaming or like going to the bathroom or being like, oh, I want some food or interrupting the thing. It's like, yeah, that's something the parent or parents or whoever might be like, we want to watch that on our own for our own sake. Right. Um, and, I, you know, so, yeah, there's there's a there's a progression. I just think that the progression is should not be so delineated the way it is and mm -hmm. is probably a lot faster than most almost anybody's opinion of it is kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and like, because I think that's the thing is that it's the lines are so arbitrary and and so written in stone when when development's going to be so different for different people. Right. And like, you know, I remember I I was at a point by like six or seven or so where I was like I was a latchkey kid. I was often alone. I you know I was watching the things that I chose to watch mm -hmm. that my parents weren't necessarily like sitting with me. And like you know, one year before kind of a beach vacation, like I wound up watching Jaws on TV. And being utterly terrified to go to the beach for two weeks. Right. Like, and on the one hand, I think you can say, like, yeah, I was probably too young to watch that. I also know adults who had that yeah, kind no. of reaction, <laughs> you know? But, like, so does that mean, like, that I shouldn't have been able to watch it? Like, I don't think that's the job of media companies, you know? And yeah. I think... Or governments uh, or governing bodies yeah. or whatever. And, like, granted, you know, I think one thing that's important to acknowledge is... Media is far more accessible to kids today than it was to you and I when we were kids. True, yeah. You know? Like, like what you were saying about, like, the parents are always there. I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure if that was even true for me as a kid, but it's definitely not true anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, when I say a kid, I mean, like, up to, like, maybe five or so. Yeah. I mean, I know three-year-olds who, like, have little baby iPods and stuff like sure, that. Sure, you know? yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, and I, I get what you're saying, though. And I think, to me, I feel like giving empowering parents to, to make those decisions themselves. And like, if some of that is through controls, especially for younger kids, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I just want it to be, as you were saying, like that it's about the parents getting to make those decisions, you know? And in terms of actual health, like I don't care what a church says. I don't care what a politician says. If a group of like, you know, board certified child psychologist types want to say like, look, a six-year-old watching Deadpool 
that's a that's not going to do good things to that kid. It's going to be traumatic. It might cause nightmares. You know, whatever it is. Like, I would love for that information to be publicly accessible and available. And like that kind of like if you, you get rid of the 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 board that uh, does ratings for movies and instead have something like that. And then yeah, then parents can say, okay. I mean, it turns is the thing is like my little Betty is seven. But she's been reading at like a nine, you know, a nine and ten year old level, so I think she's okay watching something that the the doctors say maybe you shouldn't be watching until eight or above, you mm. know, whatever. I don't know child psychology, so I don't know the exact de- developmental levels. But there, at least, still, it's advisory. You know, it's letting people know what's the content, how to make the choice, instead of this like, you know, something magic happens on the day of your fourteenth birthday, and all of a sudden now you can go see PG thirteen things without your parents. Right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's it. I think, you know, parents are going to do what they want to do in the end. So I yeah. think instead of trying to have some sort of, and then also kids are going to do what they want to do also. But like, right. I think having some sort of like non-arbitrary standard that not even standards, but just being like, here's a paper about this or whatever, or, you know, having yeah. having communications and thoughts and discussions about, you know, the benefits or disadvantages, potential harm versus, you know, potential um, things that can be gained from from watching different things or reading different things, right? I mean, it applies to books right. too, right? And, I, you know, if, if it's more of a conversation, like societally or whatever, rather than like a, like edicts kind of coming from, from on high, right. I think would be much more constructive. Even if yeah. it didn't ultimately land exactly in my, like, utopia of, like, oh, well, the children are all just tiny people and they do whatever they want. And, you know, the parents just make sure they don't step on the third rail. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I do, like, there's a part of me that wants to go to a place of, like, this is laziness on the part of parents. Like, it should be parents' job to figure out what their kids are watching, not the networks and TVs. And I do want to have some acknowledgement of, like, in today's world, like, you know, we are – decades beyond the world where like a parent could stay home with the kids all day and monitor what they're watching like just both technology but also economics like i think there's there's some fair arguments you made that at a pretty young age parents often have to leave the kids alone with the tv or the internet uh just due to economic realities and stuff like that and so i want to be i want to be careful that i'm not going that far but i still do feel like especially when you look at the people who are pushing often for these ratings and stuff, that it's not like folks who are economically struggling. It's folks who just, it just, and again, I'm not a parent. So parents, you want to come at me, go for it. But like, it just feels a little lazy to me in some ways Mm. of like, I don't want to have to make these decisions. I don't want to have to worry about it. I just want, you know, someone else to tell me like, my kids should watch this. My kids shouldn't watch that. PG 13 are, turn on parental controls and everything's taken care of and I don't have to think about it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, obviously different people's situations are different, right. In terms of, you know, economics and, um, you know, opportunity and everything. And I mean, it's odd because I kind of have the impression that like in when we were younger, like parents tended to leave kids alone more often. And now it seems like that's less common of a thing than it used to be but maybe they're not with parents they're with like someone else i don't know i mean i think that there are broad like certainly helicopter parenting was a big thing like 10 15 years ago i think it still is today indeed but that i think often is much more about like white suburban middle class upper middle class Mm. whereas like you know i think you know more working class or like lower income or just any like 
I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's what? Like, 80 million children in America today? Right. Let alone every other country yeah. in the world? Yeah, there's a lot of like, children. Yeah. It's got to be, like, over a billion idiot. worldwide, right? I mean, if you just think about the yeah. numbers. So, you know. Coming up with any of these, uh, like, trends worldwide is going to be, let alone, like, even just in our state or in our country. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand the appeal of if you're operating from a standpoint of, like, look, I want to have certain sort of guidelines as far as, like, what my kid's exposed to then having someone else kind of just having that be able to be automated, right? I think yeah. that I can understand the appeal of that. You know, at the same time, I feel like like at a certain age, like your kids probably know how to change the controls on things and then change them back like better than you do, right? For like, I think most parents, like that's just how technology and growing up with technology kind of works, I think. So, right. um, you know, and I will say that, like, I see what I think are productive conversations between parents on, you know, some, like, media message board things where oh, people yeah. are kind of like, this is why I didn't want my kid to watch it, or, well, my kid's this age, and actually they watched it and enjoyed it, and we're fine with it. I think the thing to me that, like, is, like, rankling is when it's, like, this is the truth, you know, or like, this is what's yeah. right. And like, is such and such suitable for children or is it family friendly? And just kind of having these like overarching, like, this is what it is as opposed to like, well, you know, my kids this age and saw this and found such and such upsetting. Okay, cool. That's, right. that's useful information, right? Like that is inappropriate for kids this age. That's not, that's just an arbitrary edict really. Yeah. Like, you know, if your kid, like, if the family dog died when your kid was, like, four or five, then, yeah, I can totally see you being, like, I don't want my seven-year-old kid to ever have to watch something where the dog dies in the movie. Because it's going to be, like, you know, and, and they, they might be, like, the violence of John Wick, I don't care about. Right. But the dog dying is going to be really traumatic. What, but that's that's that. in John Wick, <laughs> right? That's yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yeah, what, I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something might be like I don't I'm fine with the violence of it, but like right, that right. doesn't accept the game. You know? Yeah, no, when he kills all those other people, cool. But the dog dying, I don't want to see that. Actually, I remember spoilers for Empire Strikes Back. Um, I remember mm-hmm. like the second time I saw it or something, seeing the Tauntaun, Luke's Tauntaun, um, or no, it's Hans Tauntaun, right? That and then he cuts mm-hmm. it open. And I was very, very upset. And like yeah. the rest of the movie, like the the snow the battle on Hoth, like, whatever, people are getting blown up, sure. But like the, the Tauntaun dying was very upsetting to me. And maybe because I'd had a couple of pets that had died recently. And, you know, and I loved animals. I always loved animals. So being able to, you know, as a parent or a child or whatever, or just as an adult without kids, be able to be like, yeah, I don't want to watch things that are like, have this. And so yeah. not even like having, you know, the spoilers or whatever, but like literally you could just have filters, right? Like, you, yeah. it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, it would actually probably be a ton of work, but <laughs> on the back end. But like, you know, a simple filtering system where you're like, yeah, we're gonna filter out stuff that fulfills these conditions, right? Yeah. I mean, if right now you have a bunch of people whose job is to sit there and watch the movie and count the number of curse words, right. why don't you have them count the number? Yeah, all these kind of different things. Sure. Right. I, I looked at some like discussion boards as well, and one was specifically for parents of color. And I remember there was a discussion there that they got into of like, yeah, like as parents, one of the hardest conversations that they're talking about is when do they start talking to their kids about racism? Mm-hmm. You know, when do they start talking like and like, you know, one parent was saying like, look, I don't want my kid to ever watch 
uh, the cops shoot a black person right. because I know they're going to have to deal with that already. Someone else was saying, I don't want my kids to watch positive portrayals of the police mm-hmm. because I don't. I want my kid to know the police are dangerous right. to them, which as a black kid, yeah, that's probably true. And it, this is also a good way to kind of circle back to the, what I was starting with, with my mother's values because I, I think that's the problem to me so much about the, like, when someone says this is, when someone says this is what's okay for a kid or not, is how arbitrary it is, mm-hmm. you know? And w- what I think kind of like we were implying, but I just want to like be very explicit about, is that like if you think that it's okay for a kid to see violence, but it has to be sanitized, but it's not okay for them to see nudity, like I disagree. And I don't necessarily think it's my place to tell you that the values you're instilling in your kids are wrong. I do think that, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. But like, but certainly you don't get to tell me that those are the values that I should instill in my kids. Sure. You know, because I would probably not be quite as like, you know, doctrinaire about it as my mother was. But yeah, I think a five-year-old seeing a naked breast is not a problem. I think a five-year-old seeing, you know, people shooting each other and there being no consequences. That's a much bigger problem. Or seeing, you know, Jaws before a beach vacation. <laughs> My own personal trauma from that, you know? Like, because I, I think especially with sexuality, and, and this is something I think is unique. To the, it's a problem everywhere, but it's particularly unique to the United States. You know, anytime you travel overseas, I was just in Mexico in Cancun, and there's a lot of international people there, and, and folks there were kind of asking me about this. Like, compared to other... Um, you know, compared to other countries, uh, compared to a lot of other parts of the world, you know, the United States is very puritanical in, like, seeing naked bodies on, like, mass media, family-friendly television is much more acceptable in other parts of the world. But we just have this idea that, like, a naked breast will completely screw up a kid right. in a way that just makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it particularly makes no sense because, like, that was most kids' first food source. So, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it seems like particularly absurd. Um, but, you know, and also, of course, you have the, you know, the double standard of like male chests are fine and women's chests have to be hidden unless it's for right. adults, right? It's like that's that's its own problem. Um, yeah, I, I I forgot what, what was. There was something. Oh. America's idea and sex are dumb and it shouldn't affect how we see what yeah. we see on media. Yeah. I don't know. I just lost it. Um, I mean, I never saw Jaws and I still don't like the beach, you know, and I know, I I think I was just talking to my mom about Jaws because she listened to your wonderful Uh podcast with Ashley and, and co. Um, Mm. And I think she was telling me that like, she saw Jaws and like, didn't want to go to the beach, didn't want to go in the ocean for a while. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's where I got it because it was a few years before I was born. Right. But like, it's not just because you don't like sand. Oh, I hate sand. It just, I mean, honestly, like if Anakin was right about one thing, sand is really (laughs) annoying. Like, you know, um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, just different things are going to be traumatizing to different people. And I I think things like, you know, depictions of sexual assault or just depictions of, you know, racism or things like that, like that seems like a really reasonable thing for people to want to know about in advance and like maybe not see content that has that in it. Right. And be able to make that choice as as an informed choice. Um, But like, just like sexuality and not even just sexuality, but nudity, you know, because I think what you get with the, 
you know, the sort of puritanical ideas about sex and nudity in the United States is this conflation between the two as if nudity is oh, by absolutely. definition sexual, but like it doesn't have to be right. I mean, it's just your body. Like it, it can like, I'll, be, I'll it admit, cannot be. I'll admit, I definitely went through this when I was in Cancun just last week where, you know, we, it was a beach uh, swimming pool, kind of like in a resort area. And I have not been in a setting like that for four to five years and fashions have changed and evolved a lot. And I, did one hell of a double take when I saw that many uh, women wearing, you know, bikinis that showed an awful lot more of butt cheeks than mm-hmm. I would expect. <laughs> and I think for me, like growing up when I did, when there was a sort of like seeing someone's like butt cheeks was kind of thrilling because it was something you weren't supposed to see. Right. Therefore, it became a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of like spend the first day being like, no, this is not sexual like if i am seeing that in a sexual way that's because of my own like the dumb way i was raised and especially as it was like you know people of like a lot of people who were under 18 were wearing bathing suits Mm -hmm. like that you know and it was just like okay yeah like that's a part of the body that i was raised at a time when was considered by definition sexualized that's maybe kind of dumb and so maybe it's now like more better for everyone and now if you want to now go into a separate thing about like the fashion industry and like you know sure. that kind of thing, I'm here for that argument. That's not the point I'm making. I'm just saying that like because I didn't ever see that on a normal basis, I was taught that like someone showing that it's because they're wanting to be sexy, right. they're wanting to be sexualized, and that's just utter nonsense. Right. It, and it can be, but it, by default, it's not by default. It's just like it can be right. or it cannot be. Right. Yeah. And, and just even the whole idea of like that someone else wearing something must be because of my reaction to it. Right. You know? Right. Like that, that's just a whole other ridiculousness. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think kids are informed by the stuff they see. And I, I have to imagine like there's just, you know, a lot more thongs in music videos and a lot more like, you know, uh, well, ever since this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I imagine, you know, if you grow up seeing a lot more butt cheeks is just like something that's okay to expose then yeah, wearing it doesn't, or seeing other people wearing it doesn't feel the way it, you know, what it did to me before I really had to kind of like unpack that some. Right, it's it's not as big a deal. It's it's like more casual. Yeah. Right. Exactly, exactly. So when it comes specifically to the Netflix stuff, uh, we kind of talked in general, but let's kind of like narrow it down a little bit. Where would you, what would sort of your be ideal for? Because I think. Disney Plus has this reputation of being, like, specifically family-friendly overall. Mm -hmm. And it's part because of, like, it's connected to the Disney brand, and Disney mostly makes G-rated stuff. And you can talk about how actually Disney-owned corporations make all this other very much not G-rated stuff. And, like, it's all, I mean, and Disney's a horrible company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) all that connected. But, like... Yeah, so what was kind of your feeling when you heard these shows were going to Disney Plus and, and then these discussions about like what, what they would or wouldn't be like? Um, well, so first of all, in the first Disney Plus show for Marvel, they killed a dog. So, you know, I don't regard it as family friendly. Uh, but, but obviously that is the, you know, that's, that's the, the thoughts, right? That overall, right. you know, it's off screen. They just disappear. It's fine. Um, but I... Like, aside from my disappointment of them not being on Netflix, I feel like, okay, people have had a while to watch them on Netflix. I'm happy that there are people who basically Disney Plus is their main primary, you know, their their one true streaming service or whatever. I'm happy that right. 
more people are now going to get to see them or, or different people, right? Some people are going to get to see them who might not have seen them before. And I think that's good. I think they're great shows, you know? Um, there's there's some yeah. seasons that are a little bit not as good, but um, the best of it, I think, is is outstanding and I'm happy about more people seeing it. I think the idea that people will be challenged a little bit on their idea of what is or isn't family friendly and like, is Daredevil really, you know, more like more violent than like Captain America or, or the first Iron Man movie or, you know, Mm -hmm. infinity war where, you know, spoilers, half of the population of the universe gets murdered. Right. Like um, I, I think, I think that conversation can be productive. My one real concern is that they would edit them for content, which I think would just yeah. be a travesty. Um, yeah. Cause I think most yeah. of them, the best of them are just, you know, pick uh, pitch perfect. So like I have to turn away from the screen for a moment or two when Wilson Fisk is, you know, using mm-hmm. the car door to do the thing he uses the car door for. Right. Um, but I also think it's a fantastic scene, and if you cut that out, you lose so much of who what that tells you about Wilson Fisk, you know? Yeah. And, like, and yeah, like, I like things that are a little hard to watch sometimes. I don't want to just be, you know, and like, I'm not, not everything should be a, like, you know, sit down and have a dark examination of your worst, you know, impulses. And, and like, sometimes it's fun to just be entertained. Yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that either. Hence Desperado. Sure. But yeah, but, like, and I do feel like, I didn't love the idea that we were kind of having two different versions of Marvel. Mm. One of which, in which could be like family friendly. One of you know, for sure. all the nonsense yeah. that that yeah, word, with quotes, with the other being quotes. Netflix. And I like that now some of these characters are starting to cross over into different things and stuff like that. And I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I like and so going to Disney Plus. I think that alone didn't bother me. I was afraid of the editing. I think we're not going to get that, but we'll see as of tomorrow. But yeah, it's just all the conversation that then sparked. Because to me, especially once they say we're introducing parental controls at the same time, mm-hmm. like, how is that a problem? Right, yeah. Like, you know, that should be enough to, to allow you to do what you need to do. I think so. You know, and I mean, I think the idea of Disney being this, like, very, you know, clean and pure and family-oriented company when, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that isn't what I would call that within the, you know, the Disney umbrella. And so, you know, also just like their kind of definition of that, of like, yeah, maybe we'll have like two women kiss in the background of a scene, you know, and we'll like pretend like, you know, in our universe, we acknowledge the existence of, you know, any orientation besides straight, but like, right. You know, they, it, they just, it's such a problematic definition um, that mm-hmm. I think it's, it's good to kind of like break that down, you know? And, and I do think that the, you know, so honestly, like the, the episode you're talking about was not my favorite episode of, of Daredevil season one, yeah. which is one of my favorite seasons of any show ever. Um, the first two episodes were like absolutely top for me. And then the third one had a little bit of a shift in tone, but then that scene, it like that scene really, really, really does sell you on who um, that character is. Right. Um, I, I will say I'm a little concerned speaking of, you know, Kingpin, like that um, Marvel getting their hands on these characters again. I don't, I don't trust them. People say in Feige, we trust. I don't. You mean Disney? 
Oh, the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, I know they're Marvel characters, but like when they were kind of cordoned off in Netflix, I feel like they were kind of treated a certain way. And I like that. And I feel like I'm, um, you know, a little apprehensive about their kind of coming back into the fold. Um, if you show me Jessica Jones without an alcohol bottle in her hand right. on a regular basis, yeah. I'm going to be bothered. Right. Yeah. You're like, like, who is this person and what have you done? What scroll are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> what have you done exactly. with Jessica? Exactly. That would be yeah, actually think, funny if they did that. But Yeah. And we talked before about how, like, you know, the, the gratuitousness of violence and, or the sanitization of violence. And, like, to be clear, there, it's not that I'm saying, so therefore, like, the most gratuitous violence is the best. Oh, yeah. Like, I definitely think that there is other entertainment that I'm not going to mortally judge, but I think we're, like, it's going beyond showing the realism of violence. Like, Logan, to me, is about the realism mm, of violence. Mm-hmm. Things like The Boys or Invincible, both of which I overall enjoy, I think are definitely going for the shock value of violence right. and of, of of messiness and of, of gore and... um. I think it is effective in both of those shows to a point. I think the directors take that point and then go like a thousand percent beyond it. And like, I can't watch movies like Kill Bill or Sin City where like the gore mm. is like artistic almost. Right, you know? right. But to me, that's more of an artistic feel. Like, I don't like that that's happening, but, and I probably wouldn't want my kids watching that, at least not without me talking to them, but I don't think that someone else is morally wrong if they disagree with me on that. Yeah, I mean, I quit the boys after a particular yeah. episode, you know, and it wasn't just because of the way the violence was depicted, but, you know, it was, it just, there, there were a bunch of reasons, but, you know, part of it was that, you know, part of it was, I was just like, I'm not enjoying looking at this, you know, and yeah. I'm not going to continue to look at it. Like, and that's a decision I could make. And if I knew ahead of time, like, you know, this many whales or dolphins are going to be killed in this, I might've been like, maybe I won't watch this show. I don't know. But yeah. that's that's a decision people can make. It's not like a, you know, therefore this should be bad and cordoned off and whatever. It's just like, yeah, maybe if there's ways that we can know ahead of time certain things that we're really particular about, then, uh, you know, that would be nice. I think that would be helpful, yeah. more constructive than being like, this is R. This is NC-17. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think... Like, it's funny, there's another show that you and I are going to be talking about soon. Uh, we're not just the Batman podcast, <laughs> I promise, but we do have at least one more Batman one that we want to do on specific characters of Alfred and Gordon. Yeah. And there's a new show out, uh, not new, I think it's out for a couple seasons now, uh, called Pennyworth. Mm-hmm. Recent. And I had to stop watching mm-hmm. because there was a scene where they depict a particular act of violence in a very gory way. And the first time I see them do it, I'm like, okay, that's hard for me to watch. But it tells me what kind of world this is and the level of violence and oppression and awfulness. And then they show it for four more characters. And I'm just like, yeah. nah, yeah. I'm done. Like, I, I don't need to watch this. Yeah. Every other episode of Pennyworth, I contemplated whether or not I would keep watching this show. Right. And ultimately, I think I stuck with it for the British slang. Um, yeah, that's fair. You know, fair cop, Gov. But like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I really enjoy the portrayals. I think it's a really, really interesting take on some of the characters. Uh, we'll talk about that in a future episode. But there is a lot of stuff on screen that I find a hard time watching. There's also things in the yeah. plot that I have a hard time watching. But yeah, that's, you know, and when you said that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to try and convince you. There's things further on that I think would bother you even more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, it's funny for a while, uh, and I, I got it wrong a little bit, and uh, 
and, and I've now kind of learned more about your preferences, but there were times where I would watch an episode of like Boba Fett before oh, you did, yeah. and I would like text you, be like, you might not like this one, right. we'll see, you know? Um, but part of where I was also going on that is that I think in the same way that we can have these arbitrary lines where we think like it's sanitized so it's okay, I kind of feel the same about sexuality, you know, sure. in that I there was one person who wrote in um, – because we saw some great discussion about this in a number of different places. And they were saying, look, as a mother, I don't care if my child sees, like, you know, a naked body or people kissing. But I don't want them watching what Tony Stark does to women right. in, in the early Iron Man movies. And, like, that's, like, the sexuality is shown in very sort of sanitized ways. They roll around on the bed while they're still fully clothed. You know what happens, but it's n there's nothing anything that crosses those lines. But you're seeing him act in like horrifically, not horrifically, but you're seeing him act in like misogynistic, using women ways that I think her parents were like, yeah, I don't necessarily want my eight-year-old daughter watching that. Or that's like, okay. Or son or yeah. any gender, you know, without talking about it. Like this particular person was saying sure. in terms of like, I don't want my daughter watching right. that and thinking right. that's what she should expect. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's particularly because like he's the hero of the film. You know, he's right. insanely charismatic. He's brilliant. And like, we're like, I feel like on some level, just compelled to like him. Right. Even yeah. though like when you look at a lot of his choices, it's like, man, this, this is not <laughs> the best dude, you know? No. And, and yeah, I mean, per, for me, I think like, yeah, I, I really don't want to give that impression to young boys. Right. Especially because yeah, it's like, you know, like, yes, you don't want someone to feel like they should be treated that way or should expect to be treated that way. But like, for me, it's like, let's, if we can, you know, get people, you know, young boys, especially to stop treating anyone that yeah. way. Right. Like that, that to me, I mean, honestly, that's like, to me, the most problematic thing in uh, empire strikes back aside from, you know, the tauntaun, oh, there's yeah, a scene with Han and, and yeah. And, and it's, it feels, I, I read a breakdown of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that does kind of set up some, like they do have a legit romance, right? But that scene right. where she's like, stop touching me, basically. And yeah. you're basically taught as a viewer, like, oh no, if you just keep touching, then they'll be, they'll fall in love with you. It's like, not the yeah, best message. It's all the kind of rape culture stuff of like, you know, she's playing hard to get. You know, he knows that she wants this, even though she won't admit it kind of right, thing. Right. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and like that's I think like a tame example, but still a really bad. Yeah, one. very tame. Yeah, and uh, but compared to like you know the movie Ghostbusters I've talked about oh, sure. in the eighties, which is like was one of my favorite. Like, cause to me, knowing that scene happens in Empire Strikes Back is like I want to talk to kids if I watch them about that scene. It doesn't change the fact that for me it's a fantastic movie. I can't understand though if someone. I mean, I'm not a woman, and and so for someone who. Which is not to say, like, if someone that does change their view of the movie, that's totally fair. Sure. For me, watching Ghostbusters, while Bill Murray is full-on stalking the Sigourney Weaver character through the entire movie, and yet it's presented as, like, goofy and romantic, it made that movie hard to watch, mm. you know? And I still love it in a lot of ways, but I don't know if I would want to sit down and watch it again anytime mm -hmm. soon. Um you know, and that can be, and because again, those are the things that like you got to decide for yourself. You know, for sure, um, and decide for your, you know, when you're talking about what what you're comfortable with your kids with. And I mean, I think, you know, Jessica Jones, like, there's things that I think are very difficult to deal with, right? I mean, it's about very difficult things to deal with. Yeah. But like in the second season, there's there's a line. I think I think it's second season, maybe it's the third. But somebody says something like, "I won't take no for an answer." 
And she's like, well, that sounds pretty rapey, doesn't it? Like, yeah. and it's like, yeah, that's like, people always say these things about like not taking no for an answer. And it's like, that's, that's highly problematic. Like, yeah. and you know, yeah. it's, like, that show points out something. I think that's really important there. Yeah. I mean, like, I know, um, you know, Jessica Jones, especially, you know, that's a show where like sexual assault and, mm-hmm. and sexual violence are like very big parts of the plot. I know people who have said that they watched it and, you know, people who were survivors of that, who watched it and said, like, watching this was very cathartic for them. Mm-hmm. Others who said, like, they got halfway into one episode. It was so traumatic they had to stop. And others have said, look, I am i don't want to relive that experience. I'm not going to watch this. Right. I think all of those are completely legitimate, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and to me, it's just about, like, people making decisions for themselves unless, you know, they physically can't use a remote control. And then I guess somebody else, else has to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which voice control? Voice control is a thing now. Oh, yeah. You know? But, you know, not everybody knows how to speak yet. So, You know, I was talking about the, the wee little ones. Okay, okay. It was weird because I was like, is this a disabled thing? No, no. I mean, that's a very valid like... point, though. Yes, yes. There's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you. Once you had a you're talking about in terms of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 By not able to, I meant like not mentally able to yet comprehend how to use um, yeah. and thus you know what? Let it be stricken from the record. <laughs> Not <laughs> literally. You can keep it. I, I'm fine with sounding goofy. and. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it many a time. Um, all right. I think it's probably a place, though, where we've probably said most of what we need to say about this mm-hmm. topic. Um, is there any other class things you want to touch on? Uh, no, I think that pretty much summed it up. I had something written out, but I think I basically said all of it. So, um, okay. yeah, I just, you know, I, I think the conversation's productive. I hope people watch the the Netflix series because I think they're fantastic. Um, yeah. Except for like season one of Iron Fist and maybe some of the later seasons. But anyway, yeah. um, but if they start to watch them and are like, oh, this isn't for me, then, you know, no judgment there. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah watch exactly. what you like, watch what feels good for you. And, you know, with kids, I guess like I'm not going to tell parents what to do. I kind of don't tell anyone what to do, but like I'm going to voice my opinion. And like, you know, I think... I think parents, the more parents listen to their kids and like have conversations, I think just generally the better yeah. or not parents, you know, whatever guardians, grandparents or, you know, mm-hmm. whomever. In a number of places, the, I actually did a podcast episode about this a long time ago on sort of watching things with your kids. Uh, and all, but also these similar points were made in the stranded Panda group and a number of other online forums I've seen, you know, one of the, 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 the Again, I'm not a parent, but the position that I seem to have the most respect for is where the folks were saying, look, I just I want to watch it with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mind if they watch this thing, but I want to talk to them about it. Sure. Like, yeah, hey, what'd you think about the way that like Tony Stark was treating, you know, the women around him? Like, does that make him a hero? Is that problematic? Right. You know, what do you think about the way, you know, Captain America is throwing a shield at all these people and they're just kind of falling down in like pretty little bodies, you know? Uh, how does that make you feel? What do you think about that? Like, um, Hopefully I don't use language as cheesy as what I'm using. But, like, you know, yeah, I think that, like, the, to me, these things starting the conversation seems like it's much more important than just because, I mean, now I just sound like a dumb ad. But, like, I, I think if nothing else, I think we're very clearly at a point of if you're not – if maybe till about, like, eight or nine. But after that point, if a kid wants to watch something, they're going to watch it. Yeah. The question is just are you going to know about when they're watching it or are you going to talk to them about when they're watching it or are they going to hide it from you? Right. Yeah, totally. And I would say also just to like anybody, like if there's particular things that you feel like are bad to watch, like, I don't know, just maybe think about why you think that. And maybe, maybe you then 
get more, you know, certain of, of your position and maybe you, you change your mind about some things. You know, I just think like continuing to reassess things is often yeah. a good idea. So I was about to say, let's now transition and give you the chance to do a promo, but I actually want to kind of tie the two of them together. Um, as Zed Madman, you've been creating more poker videos mm. and stuff like that, which is awesome. And it certainly makes like playing poker a fun thing to do and looks cool. And poker is, you, we can talk about the definition of gambling for sure. And like it, games of chance versus mm -hmm. poker. But poker is a way that people can win or possibly lose large amounts of money sure. if they don't fully understand it. Like, how would you feel about like eight-year-olds and 10-year-olds seeing your videos about poker? I mean, good. You know, if, if I um, acquire a kid at some point, um, I'll probably teach them to play <laughs> poker when they're like five. I'm sorry, just the language. Acquire a kid is, is kind of beautiful. But sorry, go on with your point. Um, if I become responsible for a small human at some point, I would yeah. be inclined to teach them like the basic rules and sort of some of the things that you can learn from, from poker. Yeah. I think, um, it functions as like a pretty useful model of the world. I think you can play for play money or you can play for, you know, pennies. And like, yeah. I don't see that as particularly harmful. You know, I think like, yeah, you, you probably shouldn't be playing for huge money. Um, but, uh, yeah, I actually learned poker i think from a nintendo game called casino kid that my uncle gave me yeah. when i was 11 which i think is kind of hilarious um and he <laughs> recently taught me blackjack i think and then he got me casino kid and you know we played for pennies and i was like oh i won 50 cents this is awesome you know but i didn't like then go like to a casino like you know yeah. until until your mom took us to to the tropicana <laughs> in atlantic city <laughs> but yeah it's the sort of thing where i mean i do understand that there are there can be issues with gambling, right? And yeah. But that, to me, that's just like the biggest reason to always just talk about things, confront whatever problems there are or may be, and, yeah. um, you know, be open about things as opposed to trying to... I just think when you, like, try and hide things from people or hide people from things, I think you get a lot of bad outcomes where those things feel like yeah. there's, like, there's some extra, you know... You know, the the butt cheeks of poker or whatever seem more alluring if you're, like, forbidden from even, you know, thinking or knowing about it. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a beautiful metaphor, you know? And, like, <laughs> to me... I'm putting that on a thumbnail. <laughs> given most poker players, the butt cheeks of poker are also I, a problem. I am <laughs> definitely going to use that uh, that as a clip for, for something somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, part of our TikTok and uh, Paul. But, no, but, like... Yeah, and like to me, if, if YouTube told me tomorrow that all of your poker videos were going behind a like, you have to be 13 or over to watch this, I'd be like, that's ridiculous. If they told me that there could be something where you could check and say like, hey, I'm a gambling addict, don't show me gambling content oh, yeah. because I don't want to remember that gambling is cool. Yeah, I, I, that seems totally legitimate. Absolutely. To me, you know, and like, uh, and, and therefore if a parent is like, I'm worried about my kid, you know, we live in Vegas or whatever, like, whatever the hell it is you know um but again it should be that decision instead of just some arbitrary thing for sure so, and uh, there could we, also be a checkbox that's like stop showing me freaking arby's commercials all the time like yes. understand your demographics jeez yeah that we have the meats does not seem the good it does it does not me. sit well with me uh all right well the light is fading and i haven't yet plugged in the uh lamps by my computer desk so i'm getting darker and darker so let's wrap <laughs> up uh where can people find the butt cheeks of poker uh zen madman poker on youtube and then i've also got zen which now has like three or four posts on it 
Um, and then if you're a Twitterer or a Twitcher, I'm Zen Madman on those platforms as well. Cool. Yeah, they're definitely worth checking out. I've had a lot of entertainment by watching them as well as learned uh, get my own poker game a little better by watching. So definitely check those out. Um, of course, you can check out all the podcasts I'm doing by going to theethicalpanda.com. It's also where you find all of our social media, all the things you want to talk to us about. Um, contact us. I love the conversations we get into on Twitter, on Facebook, things like that. I get a lot of great emails all the time. Um, you know, please keep those up. Uh, love to hear what you're thinking. Negative feedback, positive feedback. I would love to hear from some parents. You know, I might, I would do like a feedback episode. Like, if you're a parent, you know, do Paul and I sound like two people talking out of our asses who have no idea what it's like because we're not parents? Uh, or do, are we? What? How are you handling these issues? Would love to hear from it. So, theethicalpanda.com. You'll find all the social media there. Thank you so much, Paul, for being a part of this. Thank you all so much for listening, and have a great day. I don't have anything to clutter to say. I'm just thinking about the butt cheeks of poker. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>